Welcome to the Donovo Podcast. Another 30 days of hope. Uh, I'm here with comparison again, or maybe for the first time. We don't know. Um, <laughs> we're recording a bunch of these back to back right now. Um, but this is something that we're doing at Don of Hope to kind of be a light in kind of a weird time with the virus situation and the business shutdowns and everything that's going on. Um, so we're just asking everybody to write a little bit of a blog type of thing, but not quite as long as maybe a normal blog would be, but have a verse that spoke to you about something about hope and a prayer for people to pray. Um, so you can find those and this podcast at mydonofhope.org slash blog. Uh, and we're going to be kind of reading from the blog that she wrote as we talk. So if it's easy for you to do, you might want to go there and bring that up while you listen to this. Um, so the verse you had written down is Nehemiah 1, 3. It says, they said to me, things are not going well for those who have returned to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. That's the New Living Translation, by the way. So what stood out to you in that verse and maybe what's some of the context around it uh, for people to understand kind of what's going on? Well, um, he was checking on his folks back home, essentially. And uh, uh, Jerusalem had been attacked and the walls around the city uh, had been destroyed during that attack. And so the people felt really vulnerable. You can imagine it'd be kind of like living in a dangerous area with no front door. So um, they would sit there and see all these holes in the wall and they were, they were terrified, but they were also, they'd been devastated by war. So they didn't really know, I think how to even go about starting to put it back together. And Nehemiah, loved his people, and he was concerned about them. So your first line here is, Nehemiah was a busy man. He was a cupbearer for the king. He had an important job. However, he took time to ask about those who were in trouble. So what does that kind of say about, you know, what we're doing, like this kind of weird moment that we're in right now with everything going on? You know, there's people that are in some trouble, people that are in a lot of trouble, people that really aren't even affected by this, although I think pretty much everyone's affected at least a little bit at this point, but... Well, I think, um, I don't know if you know much about what a cupbearer was, but a cupbearer, he, cup. he bears the cup. Very good. That. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. okay. Um, he was a high-ranking officer. He was very trusted in the king's, um, in the king's staff because he had to make sure no one poisoned the king. So the king had to trust him that he wouldn't poison him. So he's someone who's, you know, I would guess had risen up through the ranks as someone who had shown himself to be trustworthy. And so this was a really important job. It's someone the king really, really trusted. But even though he had this important job that, you know, carried with it, I'm sure, you know, influence and things like that, he he was thinking about the people who were in need. And so we can easily, easily get caught up in our own lives, not just with what's going on right now, but just in life in general. We can get caught up in our own lives and forget that there are people out there who are in need or might need our help for something. So I just, I admire Nehemiah. Uh, The more I read about him, the more I like him. Yeah. So he basically was, you know, he was an important guy, but could come down, would come down to somebody else's level to be like, what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. He was concerned. It was genuine. In fact, it was so genuine that he went to the king and said, can I have time off to go and help them rebuild the walls? So at that time, it was estimated the walls really should have taken three to four years to rebuild. 
Uh, a lot of people have read the story of Nehemiah, but if you haven't, it is just an excellent story about leadership because he went, uh, he got cleared by the king to go. Not only that, the king um, made a way for provision to go and for him to um, be left alone as he traveled and just made a way for him to go back and help rebuild the wall. And he, I think the king probably knew that Nehemiah was the guy that could get the job done. And so that's why he, he was willing to let him go because it was a big job. It was huge. Yeah, that's an enormous job. (laughs) Um, and, and you wrote here, Nehemiah stepped into an impossible situation and helped those who were fearful and in trouble to rebuild their lives. So there are going to be some lives that probably need rebuilt after all of this, or right. at least careers, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so it's kind of really relevant to what the situation is going to be like when it starts to die down and we all kind of have to go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. You know, because nothing's be really normal places. right now. You know, if you want to, if you want to, a grocery store, you're probably hauling it in right now. But if you're owning a restaurant or something else, then you're kind of shut down and you're not probably not doing so great financially at the moment. Um, So how could people practically do what Nehemiah did in a sense for their community? Like, I, I mean, we can go, I guess one way would be to just still buy from places. Mm -hmm. Go get takeout curbside delivery or whatever from your local restaurants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but from a ministry standpoint, maybe, um, what can people do to kind of be a Nehemiah around their community and stuff? You know, I think that's very individual to your situation. Um, I think, I think about, you know, we live in a town that doesn't have a stoplight. <laughs> it's very small, but, um, I would want to, when this is all over, I want to go frequent the places that I always frequented before and just check on them. And I might not be able to solve their problem financially, although I might could help by buying meals or being regular with that. But but maybe I can just encourage them that they're not alone and that we want to try and help get the word back out for them. And, you know, we have some favorite, a couple of favorite little restaurants around here that we frequent that are, they're you know, small businesses. So when you think about rebuilding one place at a time, it's really going to take the whole, the whole of us, all of us getting out there and entering life again and trying to bring it back to normal. Because if we, if we all stay holed up in our houses after we've been released to go back out, and if we, if we don't go spend our money for fear that something else might happen, then the economy stops. So we have to go back to normal. And that's what Nehemiah was trying to do. He was trying to get the people back to normal because they were fearful. Yeah. And he wanted them to live life again and feel normal when they went to bed at night. Yeah. And, I mean, he really, and it, he, he might have led the way, but he definitely didn't rebuild the walls by himself. He didn't. He mobilized people, too, though. And some people, you know, depending on your gifts, like he wasn't a carpenter at all. Um it kind of makes me think of when we've got this place and it was in disrepair and our family, I don't know, we don't do that stuff. (laughs) You know, we're not painters or carpenters, but, but, but yet God called us to do this, but he brought people alongside us that had those skills and they've helped us with it along this, along the way. So I guess just use what skills you have to go and do what you can. And if we all do that, then I think things will go back to normal as quickly as they possibly could. Yeah, and uh, 
And the prayer that you put at the end of this one is, Lord, help me to see who needs help back to normalcy, and how can I help? How can I lead? How can I lean on your strength and wisdom just like Nehemiah? So this prayer is really asking God, you know, to help you see where to be or what to do, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a really easy one to pray, but maybe not such an easy one to act on. So maybe how does somebody know? Like maybe they pray this prayer. How do they know what? how to get the answer, what the answer is? I think it starts with compassion. I think every time we see Jesus um, ministering, it, he is compassionate. So I think the first thing we have to do is look around and see where the damage is. You know, he went, Nehemiah went to the city and he walked around and he looked at the damage. And then he started seeing where he could help and how he could bring people together to do things. So I think you have to you have to look around. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's your city. Maybe it's your state. Uh, maybe it's your country. I don't know how broad your influence could be. But if you look around and see where the damage is and you have a desire to help, I think the Lord will then show you how you can help. And it might require stepping out of your comfort zone. Uh, he was not a carpenter. Yeah. You know, but he, he was an excellent leader. He went and mobilized people. So that was his role. He wasn't there to build the whole fence. But, you know, he went and talked to, like, the individual people. Some of the people that rebuilt their um, the wall, it was right outside their own houses. So, you know, he probably went and talked to those people and said, hey, you know, this one's right outside your house. Can we help you get the materials to do this? I don't know what that looks like exactly, um, economy-wise. This is a new moment for the entire planet, as far as I know. Yeah. So I don't Literally know. Literally in a worldwide yeah. shutdown, basically. Yeah, it's just bizarre. But here's what I know. The Lord actually knows how to put it all back together. He knows how to fix it. And so if we if we approach Him in faith and we approach Him in trust and we approach Him with a heart of compassion that we want to do something, we want to be a part of fixing things, then He'll show us. Because yeah. that's who he is. And and he has ideas that we don't have. And the like, like we keep using the example of spending your money places. But if you don't have money to spend, maybe you have a skill. You go volunteer somewhere at no yeah. cost to them and help them get something back up and running. Or, you know, because lot, lots of people are losing their jobs and lots of businesses, obviously, in response to that, are losing workers. And so <laughs> there's lots, you know. They're projecting millions and millions of jobs lost, and that's a huge deal. And that affects the entire country and really the entire world. So, I think what you said was really important there. Like you said, maybe people could go and volunteer in some of these you know, small businesses to help them get back on their feet. Um, if you're someone who does have a source of income and you, you don't need the hourly wage, maybe you can help them get back on their feet so then they can rehire the people that they've lost. Yeah. Um, that's a really good idea. See, that's the kind of God idea we're talking about. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, Boom. There you go. There's one for you right now. The <laughs> <laughs> I just know there's always a way to help and it doesn't have to be in big ways. It can be in small ways, but there's just always a way to help. One of the things we're doing is we're just, we are trying to, uh, we put the word out there that we can help in our neighborhood, but also we're continuing to plan life. We have uh, events planned in the summer. We have uh, things we want to do for some local kids who are who are struggling, and 
I was just talking to someone today about that, about moving forward, and we're just not going to stop living just because this is, we're going to let this as much as possible be a bump in the road. And for many, it's much more than that. And there are people who are losing loved ones, and that is is a, a much more difficult thing to get over. Um, but for those of us that it's really just been a, a time of downtime, um, we want to just move on and keep life going. Yeah, and if, I mean, obviously everybody's not going to, you can't ever get everybody to do anything, but <laughs> right. but if a lot of people just came out and, and helped their local businesses and other people and, and helped the people who are at risk with this thing, you know, older people, people with other conditions and stuff that make them vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you go get their groceries for them, just do stuff like that. If everybody, if almost everybody got out and did something like that, our economy would jump back up. Yes, it like, would. Like an insane amount. <laughs> Economies thrive when people are going about life yep. and doing what they normally do. Yep. So don't let this scare you out of what you were, how you were before, right? <laughs> uh, don't let it change you in a bad way. Yeah. You know, fear can paralyze you. And uh, as children of God, we are called not to be fearful. I mean, that. how many times does he say it? Like 300 and something times in the Bible, he says, don't fear or fear not. And so we can't be full of fear. We have to keep living life knowing, knowing that he has a plan to walk out of this. Yeah. And there's a, and there's a, there's a place in between, you know, that's common sense. That's great. Like wash your hands and don't. Yes. Go to the nursing home when you have the flu. Yes. You know what I mean? Please and thank you. Be wise. (laughs) Yeah. We want to be wise because we, you know, other people are involved with us all around us. Thank you for listening to the Dawn of Hope podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast feed and turn on notifications for more conversations and audio versions of Sunday's teachings. Our Sundays begin with a light breakfast at 9.30. The service begins at 10 o'clock. Groups and Bible studies throughout the week include undivided young adults groups Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock, bringing young adults from all walks of life together. Follow up Wednesdays at 6.30 on Wednesdays, a conversational Bible study based off of Sunday's topics led by Michael Roberts. Prophetic writing on Thursdays at 6.30, hearing God's voice through journaling, led by Joanna Harrison. All events are at Donahoe Branch at 178 Palmer Drive in Florissant, Colorado. If you would like to donate to Dawn of Hope, you can visit mydawnofhope.org and click the donate button on the sidebar. If you're interested in holding an event at the ranch or would like more info on anything that we do, please call us at 719-687-3425 or send us an email at info at donofhoperanch.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Dawn of Hope podcast. Mm-hmm.